Hey, what's up? It's your boy Steve Harvey. V103. V103. Sounds like Chicago. What was the sound of Chicago? Was it the womp of Muddy Waters' guitar on Hoochie Coochie Man? Was it the vinyl scratches of Farley of the original Hot Mix 5 mixing current pop and dusty disco into a new thing called house? Was it the trio of horns that asked, does anybody really know what time it is? Was it the sonic fingerprint of a city sliced up by red line neighborhoods like a Supreme Pizza? Whether finely tuned at home or inside of a ride playing The Sound of Chicago could mean a relationship between the DJ and the listening audience, like when the cowboy clove late legend DJ Herb Kent, the cool gent, started spinning R&B artists like Cool and the Gang against Earth, Wind and Fire on his Sunday show, decades before Jill Scott and Erica Badu faced off on Instagram in a versus battle. So... What was the sound of Chicago? While answers may vary depending on who answers the questions, one thing is certain. Most of us heard the sound of Chicago on the radio. Even the call letters of Chicago's music and message megaphones tell the city's story. WGCI, the first disco station of the Globetrotter Communications Incorporated, and later the R&B powerhouse of Gannett Company Incorporated. WVON was the voice of the Negro, which, according to the station's official website, was first licensed to the rock and roll founding family, the Chess Brothers. Served as an original home for Herb Kent and Don Cornelius, who would later bring the sound of Chicago to television on the hippest trip in America, Soul Train. WLUP, the loop ushered the progressive rock and roll heard in clubs around Chicago's loop. And WBMX, 102.7, which brought my generation, the black music experience, in the early 1980s, a new hybrid of house music coming out of clubs spun by DJs like Farley, Mickey Mixon Oliver, and Ralphie the Raz Rosario, sprinkled in with a little hip hop. Sometimes it was the station. Sometimes it was a star whose unique voice spoke volumes. Oh, 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 the original fly jock Tom Joyner kept Chicago and Dallas flowing for nearly 30 years with R&B on GCI. Uncle Lair, the super jock Larry Lujak, kept us entertained with his animal stories on WLS on a signal that spanned several Midwest states. Even our local NPR station, WBEZ, the Board of Education, helped serve as the launching pad for productions like Peter Segal Quiz Show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and the music review show, Sound Opinions. WGN, World's Greatest Newspaper. The former radio arm of the Chicago Tribune took on the call letters of an informational age that passed us by. For some, Radio may be viewed as another communication form of a long-ago past. But for Chirp 107.1 general manager and North Central College alumni Sean Campbell, independent radio continues to be alive and well on the Internet. It's been that way for Chirp for 10 strong years and hasn't slowed down during this pandemic. Today, we talk to Sean Campbell, 
a knowledgeable woman who could rival Rob Fleming of high fidelity fame with her strong love of music. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pest Masters. For all your pest control and exterminating needs, call A1 Pest Masters. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. When the storm came for Dorothy, she was transported from her Kansas farm into a fantastic curated musical world of Oz. Curated, I say, because there were three guides, a scarecrow, a lion, and a tin man, who had their own songs, their own genres of music, which they shared with the ruby-slippered girl to help introduce her to a world beyond her white picket fence. Each represented a different expression, like spots on a radio spectrum. Station to station, music might make you feel smarter or more courageous or emotional, as in the case of love songs. And like our first trip down the yellow brick road shifted from Julie Garland's Dorothy happily skipping along in her checkered blue dress to the nervous stride of Diana Ross's Dorothy as she tries to ease on down the road, Radio stations have reinvented themselves in hopes of reaching listeners. Those love songs, the times when we become the tin man in search of a heart, songs on the radio can remind us when that journey was successful or when it just sucked. The latest realignment of traditional radio stations is I Heart Radio. And do I still love radio the same way Common and Erica Badu still love hip-hop? Not when it sounds narrowly focused and computer-generated based on outdated assumptions. My first taste of radio came during college, working on-air shifts at the school's radio station, WONC, 89.1 FM. It was in a studio perched high atop the old main building in Naperville. From heart to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, if it was old and had loud electric guitars... I played it for the suburban guys who tuned in to us and the parents of my classmates because no one I knew listened to these dinosaurs, these T-Rexes, on our own terrestrial radio frequency. When I graduated, I had to have my own channel, WVAL-FM Chicago, programmed by the station owner, me, Valerie Johnson. Music could contain a message, the realism of... Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. (laughs) That's my attempt at mimicking some great lyrics there. Or the positive thinking that told me, if I can see it, then I can do it. If I can believe it, there's nothing to it. Even when it doesn't have that aspirational message, music could create magic, a spark, that could lead to a spiritual experience. Or it could create a memory, as in the case of the music of Reginald Kenneth Dwight, known to the world as Elton John. 
Whether dressed as Donald Duck or a double-breasted suit in sequins, Elton John banged on those black-and-white ivory keys to sing his song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and what felt for so long like my father's song. Every day at the same time, Elton John was my piano man, the original Rocket Man. Now today, when I'm in a mood for a melody, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road has me feeling all right. Yes, it depresses me sometimes, but I like it. And I heard it all on the radio. Rock songs rang out on my parents' dark brown and silver bedroom radio. As my dad got ready to leave for work one day, I remember hearing Elton John's classic Goodbye Yellow Brick Road playing in the background like magic. I felt uplifted, but only briefly. By the time I saw him walk to the garage, a wave of sadness washed over me. He was leaving for work, or so I thought. My dad, you know, worked as an engineer at a chemical plant. His shifts were rotating all the time, day and night and afternoon shifts. I watched him leave for work with his hard hat and his lunchbox. Then it happened one night. WLS played the Elton John song, and he left with suitcases. I'm not a present for your friends to open. This boy is too young to be singing the blues. What I didn't know then was my parents were separating, dissolving like dust in the wind. This wasn't Kansas anymore. I had pulled the curtain back, and there was no wizard. I would only see my dad on weekends or special events. Through the pain of losing my father to divorce, I turned to the radio, my friend, when I was in need. When the award-winning Elton John biopic Rocket Man came to theaters, I found myself in a crowded theater with tears in my eyes hearing Yellow Brick Road. As I saw actor Teron Egerton bring Elton's memories to the screen, I was reminded of that special time in my childhood, enjoying music on full blast on my father's lap in the basement of our home. Listening to his reel-to-reel, listening to the radio, I recognize the power of radio. To this day, certain songs I've heard on WLS or WGCI or WBMX can transport me down memory lane, my own yellow brick road. There was a time I wasn't certain about starting a podcast or returning to my roots in radio. Was I seeking advice about my actions from an Oz that doesn't exist? Was I in search of confirmation of my choice from God that does exist? Either way, my journey has brought me the following wheel in the sky from Brooklyn back to Chicago, fatefully. In Rocket Man, I saw aspects of my dad, Elton John's music, Bernie Taupin's lyrics, all this science I don't understand. It's just my job five days a week. Can the power of music really transform us? Can the magic of music with a message make a difference in our lives? Half the time I was crying. The other half, well, the other half took me right back there to age five, watching my dad take his hard hat and picking up his lunchbox on his way to work. He laughed, he smiled, he played the music he liked on the radio to show I could do the same. 
He worked just like his dad worked so I could weather the storm, be it a Kansas tornado or a New York blizzard, without clicking my heels or shoes three times. My dad worked so I could become a podcaster, an entrepreneur, a rocket woman. And in this case, isn't it clear, like Sir Elton John, my future lies beyond the yellow brick road. Up next, my interview with music aficionado and Chirp radio station manager and founder, Sean Campbell. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pest Masters. For all your pest control and exterminating needs, call A1 Pest Masters. And now, my interview with music aficionado and Chirp radio station manager and founder, Miss Sean Campbell. Hi, this is Val Johnson, and this is Interludes, and I am on with Sean Campbell, a North Central College alum, because we are both True. alums. We both graduated from North Central, and she is one of the managers at Chirp Radio. Are you one or the only? I'm the only. I'm the founder and general manager of the station. This is exciting news, lady entrepreneurs. I just wanted to shout out Miss Campbell to all of you, and let's just Let's just get into it. Uh, what was your first memory of listening to radio? I know for me, it was listening to Elton John. What about you? I was a WLS fan. So I grew up in a small town in North Central Illinois, but WLS was the station, you know, it was an AM station that mm -hmm. came in you know, all, all across the country. And so I was a, you know, a fan of Top 40. And I remember that station from just pretty much the time I can remember anything about music. I think the first song I remember hearing on the radio is Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. I'm, I know that song. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, ironically, WLS was, was a stereo station here in Chicago. So we, I listened to that as well. My father was a big fan of WLS. So I remember that's, that's the station I was thinking of. So it's ironic you mentioned it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the same station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I loved the personalities. You know, I'd listen to Larry Lujak in the morning and John yeah. Landecker at night. And um, just really, you know, it was, it felt like such a cool thing. Like, wow, their job is to play music and talk about it. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. What are, what early experiences made you want to have a career in radio? That's a really interesting question. I think just the fact that there was always music in my house, you know, from uh, the day that my mom brought me home from the hospital, uh, she played the Beatles and she played the Mamas and Papas. And so there was always music. And, you know, the radio was always on in the car or in the kitchen. And so it was always just a presence in my life. And I think that, you know, I, I, there was a time where I wanted to be a ballerina. And, <laughs> you know, that ended when I was seven or eight. And I think from oh. that point forward, it's okay. Uh, from that point forward, I just, you know, heard and had absorbed the radio for such a long time. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do. I want to get paid to play records and talk about them. <laughs> that's <so> wonderful. <laughs> 
I know the radio stations and things were big, especially in the 70s and 80s when we were growing up. But here's a here's a unique question. Do you believe radio is dead or no? Absolutely not. And I think that radio's death has been projected, you know, over the past 60 years from the time of the advent of television. Mm -hmm. People said, oh, people won't have a cause for radio anymore. And so radio has reinvented itself over the years. But I think right now in particular, what we're really seeing is what radio does really well that, um, you know, Spotify doesn't do or other streaming audio options don't do is it connects people in this really personal and intimate way. You know, when you listen to radio, you don't typically do it in a, a group. You do it in these really private situations, you know, when you're waking up in the morning or maybe you're in the shower or you're in your car driving somewhere and you listen to your radio station and you start to feel like you know the person who's talking to you over time. You feel mm-hmm. like there's a personal connection. And, you know, the programming that we do, for instance, at Chirp, the DJs mm-hmm. get to choose the music that they play. And so it's not a robot. It's not an algorithm. It's an actual human being talking to you in real time and making the choices about the music. And I think, you know, in this pandemic situation that we're in, where a lot of people are staying home and are feeling isolated, having that person having that actual human being who you can rely on day after day to hear from really matters. And that's why I think radio still remains relevant. Wow. Um, How important is it to have local radio stations and local media in cities like Chicago and across America? How important is it for us to always have local radio stations? I think that's incredibly important um, for a variety of reasons. I think as newspapers go away and, um, you know, there are just more and more um, outlets are national, you're not getting that local news, you're not getting local information, and you're not getting that uh, local flavor in terms of the arts. And so I think local radio can really do a great job of letting you know what's going on in your community. It might be by reporting local news. It might be just talking about, you know, in normal times, a show that's going on, a concert that's going on that night that you might be interested in going out to see, or an art exhibit, or, you know, it's just something fun or interesting going on in your community. It might be a volunteer opportunity that you could get involved with. And so local radio is really great. And um, it, it, again, it ties people to, to the place that they are. And people really do feel that sense of place is something important to them. Um, you know, there's something when you hear somebody talking about a restaurant or even just a street um, that's nearby where you are. And you think, like, I know what they're talking about. I know exactly. where that is. I go there, too. And so, again, it all comes back to that sense of connection. But also just it's important more than ever before with everything going on in the world, in politics, that people understand what the issues are in their community, understand how they can take action, how they can get involved in local radio can really play a role in that. And that leads to my next question, because I, I lived in uh, New York for about 18 years, and I'm back. But here in Chicago, what makes Chicago a special city for radio? You just mentioned a few things, but what, what makes it special to you? Well, I think Chicago is a city of neighborhoods, and there can be so many different things going on just in a neighborhood that's a few neighborhoods away from you that, um, you know, you might not know about. And so I think radio can be a real connector that way. Um, You know, Chicago is so diverse, and there's so much going on, but it's also so spread out. And so I think that 
Um, I also I, I also think that Chicago is an amazingly collaborative city. You know, you mm -hmm. talk about New York and particularly in the arts, it's hyper competitive. And sometimes when somebody succeeds, other people are like, oh, and they 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 don't love that the person succeeded. You know, they want to tear them down. And I think Chicago is really collaborative. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about, you know, the arts, you're talking about music scenes, there are some really interesting um, collaborations that go on. And I think artists tend to raise one another up instead of tearing each other down here. So I think that's another reason that um, Chicago on the art side is a really interesting place to do radio. Yeah. And what's the role of local streaming radio like your station, Chirp? during the pandemic? You touched on it a little bit, but expand a little bit more on that. Sure. Um, we have always said that radio done well can make you feel slightly less alone in the world. That's just something uh, we talk about when we yeah. you know, do community meetings, when we invite new volunteers in. And this has really been proving it um, because we get emails and calls from listeners who have said things like, I feel like you're saving my life right now. I, I am just staying inside. I can't see my friends. I can't see my family. But um, one, one listener told us that he and his wife and son would have a routine where every day at five o'clock, they uh, tune into Chirp and they'd listen to songs and they'd dance around the room. And that, that just got to be like such a, a thing they could count on every day. That was something that their son looked forward to doing. You know, he couldn't go outside. He couldn't play with his friends. But he had this routine with his parents. And, you know, this listener was like, thank you so much for being there for us, for, you know, being reliable, for being something that felt normal in a time when nothing else feels normal. And wow. I that's why we thought it was so important to stay live um, during this thing. A lot of stations went to automated programming and pre-recorded programming, especially in the, you know, in the early days in March and April and May. And so we just were really carefully disinfecting everything before and after every shift. Yeah. Um, so our DJs could be live in the studio because we just, we, we were designated an essential service as media and we definitely saw ourselves as an essential service because being there for people who need that company, who need that normalcy, was something that was just so important and remains important. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And you, you, I had another question. You answered it right, right there. <laughs> how did you all keep things going with live? And you just, we just disinfected everybody, but have some wipes and have some uh, alcohol and stuff ready to go. What would you state is the greatest accomplishment of Chirp during the, the first, your first 10 years there? I think the greatest accomplishment was just getting here in the first place. Um, I, that sounds silly to say, but um, you know, we had to do so much work to actually get the station up and running. Uh, we launched online in January of 2010, but during that time, um, we were also working to change the law at the federal level so we could apply for a broadcast license. And so we, um, we went to Washington, D.C. twice to lobby for the passage of a bill called the Local Community Radio Act. And wow. we asked our, you know, we, we went out and we were at street festivals and events and everything we could be where we talked to people about the station that we wanted to make. And we got them to write letters to members of Congress. We got them to make calls. And so at the same time that we launched the station in January 2010, our bill um, actually got signed into law by President Obama. Wow. And 
So, um, and that law that we helped pass, the Local Community Radio Act, has eventually resulted in 750 news stations across the country, um, not just ours. So we really feel like the work that we did at the very beginning to actually expand low power FM broadcasting is, is our biggest accomplishment. Wow. And I, I hear that you guys are celebrating 10 years. Sounds like it's 2010, 2020. Wow. Right. Yeah. It's a different sort of anniversary year than we had planned on, but you know, we've, we're getting through it. We're doing okay. So. Oh boy. In the spirit of the great book, movie or tv show i i don't know if you guys if you remember high fidelity oh, what are your top five live concerts you've ever attended oh my gosh um let me let me uh let me think here um that's that's a big question and i will tell you that over the years i just recently did a count because i've always logged all my concerts that i've gone to mm-hmm. and so i've I, i've seen more than three thousand bands live and so I'm going to really have to go through here and, and to think it over. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, well, I think my all-time favorite show was a show that I saw in um, 1999. And mm-hmm. it was the band Big Star, who um, were kind of a cult band. And, okay. Yeah, and made three albums in the 70s and then split up. And um, then, you know, became a band that all the bands I loved cited as an influence. So I had to track them down. REM talked about them. The replacements talked about them. And so I discovered Big Star when I was in college at North Central. Yay. Yeah, and fell in love. And um, so they reunited in the, in the 90s and played some shows. And I went to see them in 1999 at Metro, which is one of my favorite venues here in Chicago. Mm. And... Um, I got there, I I wanted to be first in line so I could be right up front. And um, I'm, you know, sometimes with opening bands, opening bands are hit and miss, but I was like, I'm going to get there right at the beginning. I don't know anything about this opening band. Guess we'll see. And they were called Frisbee. And, Hmm. um, and I stood there and I watched them play and I fell absolutely 100% in love with that band. And so Big Star was also great that night, but Frisbee was my new favorite band. And I've seen them now, um, oh, I don't know, 200 times. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, I haven't just seen them. They're, they're from Chicago. So I became friends with them. And that night changed my whole life because eventually through that network of people I met through Frisbee, I met my husband. So when I say it changed my life, it literally changed my whole changed life. Changed your life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Music brought brought you to your business as well as to your your husband. And right. how long have you how long have you guys been married? 15 years. Oh, that's beautiful. Here's my last question for any woman entrepreneur or anyone that wants to go into a business that seems where there's not too many women, what advice would you give them? I would say become as much of an expert on your topic as possible because the fact is, the sad fact is, you will always be challenged and people Mm -hmm. will always doubt you and be skeptical of your knowledge. And what I love to do in those situations, when I can tell, maybe I'm having a conversation about engineering within radio, for instance, is I love to be able to go out there and just show that I know five times more than any man who's sitting at that table. 
So I think just becoming a real expert at your subject matter and not being shy, not feeling like you have to back off, but actually just going out there saying what you have to say and, and not trying to uh, pretend that uh, you're, you're trying to be nice or def deferential. You know, show your expertise, be proud of your expertise. Oh, wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining me. This is my new venture of interludes and I am so grateful that you were able to come on and talk about Chirp uh, Radio. If anyone wanted to get in contact and find out more about the station, how would they do that? Sure. You can always uh, track us down online. We're at chirpradio.org. You can listen online and you can reach us at chirp at chirpradio.org. Excellent. Sean Campbell, thank you so very much. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Next time on Interludes. It's kind of lonely being the, the Bible nerd in your particular congregation. You know, mm -hmm. not everybody is, is as deep or as weird about it as you are. So when you find people on the internet that are just as deep and weird, you, you make those strong bonds, you know, to have people who are, who have a common understanding and a common passion, being able to get together and feed off one another on a regular basis. It's just amazing. Motivational speaker, host, and star of his own YouTube channel based out of Brooklyn, New York, BK Apologist. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson. Written and produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Song intro and outro by Mr. Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by A1 Pest Masters. For all your pest control and exterminating needs, call A1 Pest Masters at area code 773 365 9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. Mm -hmm.